from the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services, USA. This is Catholic Military Life, the official podcast of the Archdiocese. Here now your moderator, Public Affairs Director Taylor Henry. Thank you, Elizabeth LaSalle. Today's my privilege and honor to be talking to Bishop-elect William Bill Mum. Bishop-elect, thank you so much for stopping in to talk to me today. Thank you, Taylor. So I want to start with the most recent and work our way back. I want to know, uh, where were you and how did you learn that you had been uh, selected to become uh, the new auxiliary bishop for the Archdiocese for the Military Services? I was at my parish in Walden, New York. Walden is a village of about 5,000 people, and it's uh, about half an hour northwest of West Point. And you got and a call? So I've just finished the 9 o'clock Mass. It was a Monday morning, and came out of Mass about 9.30, and there was a voicemail from the, uh, uh, I guess, the Papal Nuncio to the United States, Archbishop Christophe Pierre. Voicemail saying, this is Archbishop Pierre, Father Mum, please call me back. And there were actually two calls, one voicemail, so I knew it was important. And you called him back? Called him back, and uh, of course I knew at that point, because I've heard enough new bishops talk about this, but I I was 99% sure I knew it was coming, and he said that the Holy Father has chosen you to be an auxiliary bishop for the Archdiocese for the military services. Do you accept? And what did you say? I didn't say anything. There was a long pause (laughs) while I was trying to wrap my mind around this. And he said, hello, hello, are you still there? I said, yes, I'm still here. He said, do you accept? And I said, Lord, help us. (laughs) And he said, yes, of course, the Lord will always help us. Do you accept? (laughs) Yes, I accept. Did this come out of left field, or did you have an inkling that you might be up? I had no inkling whatsoever. I and, see. Uh, I was, I, this had never occurred to me in my wildest imagination that this would even be a possibility for me. Okay, well, let's back up uh, and tell me, uh, well, where are you from, uh, Father? And uh, uh, how did you wind up uh, discerning your vocation, and how did you wind up in the military, in the Navy? Yes, so uh, born in Billings, Montana, raised in Denver, Colorado, which is nowhere near Navy country, obviously. But uh, my dad was a geologist. He had come from Wyoming originally. So his job as a geologist had taken him to Billings, Montana, and that's where I was born. Then he got a new job in Denver, Colorado when I was about a year old, and so the family had moved to Denver and grew up there in Denver, Colorado, a thousand miles from the nearest ocean. (laughs) That's really Air Force country. It it is. (laughs) However, uh, mom and dad both had Navy backgrounds. Dad had been in the Navy, and my mother had grown up in the Navy, and that's actually how they met. My dad was stationed at a base in Kodiak, Alaska, which nowadays that's Coast Guard. Back then it was Navy. And so he met the captain's daughter, and he was my mom. So that's how (laughs) the two of them met. So growing up... I heard about the Navy like it was just a regular part of life. And so when I graduated from college with a degree in business, 
then I decided I want to see this for myself. So I thought, just for kicks, I'll spend four years in the Navy. So I did. I joined the Navy OCS out of Newport, Rhode Island. I was commissioned in July of 81 as a Navy Supply Corps officer. Where'd you go to college? Colorado State University, Fort Collins. Business major. Yes. And then to the Navy, you uh, uh, got a commission. You went in as an officer. Well, after OCS, yes. I was commissioned as an ensign. And, uh, and went into the Navy to do my four years as a Navy Supply Corps officer. Meanwhile, my faith had always been very important to me. Uh, when I was in fourth grade, uh, my mother put the three of us, my two older sisters and me, into Catholic school. So that was my first exposure to Catholic, to the Catholic faith. And uh, because we were a little bit late starting our catechesis, the three of us, we had extra uh, sort of, uh, what do you call it, uh, extracurricular instruction on the faith on Saturday mornings. And the, the sister, God bless her, Sister Norbert, who explained the faith to us, she did such a great job explaining the faith in a way that a fourth grader could comprehend. It made such perfect sense to me that it was really those sessions when I, when I, as soon as I heard it, I knew it was true. And when I heard about the Sacrament of Holy Orders, I knew that's what I was meant for. Now, how I knew that, or why that should be, I couldn't tell you. And you knew this from the time you were in fourth grade. Yes. As soon as I learned about the sacraments and heard about the sacrament of holy orders, I knew that's what I was supposed to be. So all this came to fruition, I suppose, <laughs> while you were in the Navy as an ensign. Yes. So uh, after, basically after three years of Catholic school, then uh, I spent the rest of my time in non-Catholic schools. I actually spent two years at a Lutheran high school. Denver Lutheran High School uh, for my ninth and tenth grade, and then public school tenth or eleventh and twelfth. Uh, but but we always went to Sunday Mass, and that's the importance of Sunday Mass. So for me, that made the difference, and it was regular Sunday Mass attendance made all the difference in the world. So you're um, doing your four years in the Navy, and at some point you decide you're going to go to seminary. Well, two things happened. Uh, First thing that happened was I met uh, a Navy chaplain named Father Jim Danner, and he 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 was in his first assignment as a Navy chaplain, and I was a brand new ensign, and so he deployed with me. I spent two deployments with him throughout the Western Pacific, and uh, got got to know him, and he impressed me, and uh, the captain of the ship I think saw something in me as well. He invited me to Father Danner's tenth anniversary. Uh, little celebration. They had a happy anniversary party for him at sea, in the captain's at sea cabin, and uh, I think it was yeah whatever space it was in. But there's a little happy anniversary cake, happy anniversary Father Downer for your tenth anniversary as a priest. Wow! And the captain even said to me, "You might think about this for yourself someday." And that planted a seed. So so anyway, spending time with Father Dan. Then the other thing that happened was during that second deployment, I was the ship's Catholic lay leader. And back then, lay leaders had custody of the Holy Eucharist. Now, nowadays, they don't, but back then, they did. And uh, so I would maintain custody of the Eucharist, and uh, I would lead the community in Sunday Eucharistic celebration in the absence of a priest on Sundays at sea when Father Danner was ashore with the Marines. Which ship was this? That was the USS Bella Wood. I see. Okay, so when was the moment of decision? Well, it was gradual. So... But uh, the, it was such a humbling experience to 
lead a celebration in the absence of the priest and give Holy Communion to people. And I could see in their faces how much this meant to them. And I knew I wasn't worthy, but I knew that the Lord wanted me to do it. So that made a big difference. And then I got out of the Navy, uh, finished my time, got out, and worked for three years as an accountant back in Denver. And again, Sunday Mass attendance made all the difference. And at some point, I knew I had to apply. And so which diocese or archdiocese did you go into the seminary for? Well, I was living in Denver, so I spoke to a priest uh, that I had been recommended to me in Denver, and he was talking to me. He said, did you ever hear about the military archdiocese co-sponsorship program? I said, no. And he said, well, you should really look into this. So he explained to me that it was a program that had been set up, especially for men who felt that they might be called to be military chaplains. So, so you already had it in your mind that you might want to become a military chaplain. Well, at that moment, that, that priest in Denver sort of crystallized that for me, and I said, yes, I do believe that the Lord may be calling me to this, but I wasn't sure, and he's, he encouraged me to, to try for the co-sponsorship program. And you were accepted? Well, at that point, though, the, the Archdiocese of Denver was not participating in that, but uh, there were other dioceses around the country who were, and uh, so I contacted the vocation director for the military archdiocese at that time, and he gave me a list of dioceses that were participating. And I saw that the archdiocese of New York was on that list, so I applied and was accepted. And where did you go to seminary? At St. Joseph's Seminary in Dunwoody, Yonkers, New York. And what was your seminary experience like? Well, from the day I set foot into the seminary, uh, I knew that this was a good fit for me. That's not to say it was easy. It was not easy. It was very, very challenging in many ways. But I knew that it was the place that I was supposed to be, and I really never looked back. So you got through seminary. By the grace of God, made it through the seminary, yes. (laughs) And And I mean that. And so you come out of seminary, and by then uh, your plans to go back into the Navy as a chaplain are starting to crystallize? Yes, so part of the co-sponsorship agreement had it that uh, once I was ordained, then I would serve for three years in parish ministry in my home archdiocese. So I spent a year at St. Anne's Parish in Ossining, New York. Ossining is in Westchester County, about 30 minutes north of uh, the Bronx. And then I spent two years at Holy Family Parish in Staten Island. And during those three years, I was a reserve Navy chaplain. I drilled with the fleet hospital unit out of Fort Dix. And uh, did you go to chaplain school? I did. That was part of my chaplain training. I'm part of my training initially. So just a few months after I'd been ordained, I spent, uh, I believe, 21 days at chaplain school in Newport, Rhode Island. So eventually you get your orders to report uh, to the Navy. What year? Where? Yes, yeah, so the three years went by, and I certainly enjoyed my parish ministry. Not to say it was easy. It wasn't easy. It was very challenging, but, but I loved it and enjoyed it, and I knew it was a good fit. And uh, 1998 came, and it was time to leave the Archdiocese of New York and begin my 20 years of active duty. And you've had quite a career. Can you uh, walk us through all the places that you've been uh, uh, Arabian Sea. Uh. Yes, yeah, so it was a long flight from New York City to Japan. And then um, my first assignment was uh, a wonderful place called the Naval Air Facility at Sugi, Japan, which is about 30 minutes southwest of Tokyo. You know, I lived in Japan, in Tokyo, and I, I we're talking uh, 
common ground here. Yes, I, I yes. know Atsugi. So what was that like, Japan, when you first uh, It arrived? was amazing. It was wonderful. J- Japan is such a nice place. It's so, uh, the culture is so clean and safe and organized and polite and yeah. wonderful. And I, I love my ministry with the sailors and, and their families. Which years were you in Japan, by the way? 98 to 2000. I see. I was there 89 to 92. So, huh. uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, Japan, very clean, wonderful world. place. And the, the, the parish ministry, it wasn't a parish ministry, it was a base chapel, but the ministry I had on base was so great. You can set your, I loved it. You can set your watch by the trains. They, they yes. are so punctual. And, and on my day off, I could escape and go out into Japan and just see things. And it was all new to me and just great. And some great sushi, too. It was wonderful. So what was your next stop after Japan? And then uh, another long flight back to Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, that was my second ship in the Navy, first ship as a chaplain, the USS Wasp out of Norfolk, and uh, spent two years on the WASP, and including one deployment. This is right after 9-11, so uh, instead of going to the Mediterranean, we went through the Mediterranean to the Arabian Sea, and then spent six months in Djibouti and Persian Gulf. That was a tense six months, wasn't it? It was a tense six months because no one knew what was going to happen, and we were sort of locked up on the ship, and if you can imagine... A thousand sailors and two thousand young Marines who wanted to go out there and do something because of 9/11, and, and we were trapped on the ship for uh, over a hundred days straight. And it was hard for these young sailors and Marines to 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 accept that, but that's what we had to do. So let's talk about that. Uh, ships typically deploy for six months at a time, right? At that time, that was the norm. And so, uh, what is it like ministering to? Uh, sailors in those circumstances well the main thing that the main challenge that the sailors and marines had to deal with was boredom and frustration because they wanted to get out there and do something to in you know to revenge to avenge 9-11 but at that time nothing was going on this was the spring and summer of 2002 did you find more of them coming to see you for counseling or was there any? it was just human issues uh, it's not really war related it was i uh, just young human issues that young people deal with and so uh the 20 years that you spent in the navy after 9 11 uh recount some of your highlights during that period well all my assignments were great the the navy uh, sent me to advanced studies for a year Uh, so i went to the jesuit school in berkeley california for basically a year a school year and did graduate work in preaching which was very helpful then I spent three years at the Naval uh, Training Facility in Great Lakes, Illinois, about an hour north of Chicago. Then three years with Marines out of Camp Pendleton, including a year in Iraq. And that was an unforgettable experience. Also Hard, but just great, because uh, the, a big part of my job was to travel around a large battle space in Iraq, and the sailors and Marines were trapped at a number of different fobs. And these were desert outposts where they were maintaining security and going out for security patrols. And they were stuck for six months themselves. And so when I would come in, then I would celebrate mass and hear confessions, and, and it meant a lot to them. Did, did you sense that there's any increased level of spirituality among combatants as opposed to 
folks who were in the service but safe at home. Okay, I sensed that there had been before I actually made it over to Iraq. By the time I made it over there in 2008, things had calmed down a lot. And I think at that point, uh, most people were not thinking about combat. They were thinking about going home. So it was, again, a question of boredom, I think. Yeah. But but the, the the presence of a priest was very, very important to them. Walk us through a, a, a day in the life of a chaplain in Iraq in 2008. Typical day would be uh, wake up somewhere in a fob with my RP. Forward it, operating base. Yes, forward operating base with my RP, which in the Navy we call them religious program specialists. And he was my uh, my companion, my, my administrative assistant and force protection assistant. We'd wake up in a fob, maybe celebrate mass, and then hopefully catch a ride to the next fob. And so what was it like crossing the desert? Were you always concerned about the roadside bomb? or? Yes, we were concerned about roadside bombs, and that was a constant uh, possibility. So we had to stay uh, focused on that. But at the same time, I wanted to stay focused on ministry. What did you bring out of that experience? I think uh, just an understanding of uh, how important the Mass and the sacraments are to these sailors and Marines. And it, even though I was flawed, and I still am a flawed, imperfect human uh, sinner, yet the presence of the priest and the presence of the sacrament uh, conveys very important graces that these sailors and Marines depended upon, and I could see it. All right, so um, after your time in Iraq, what then? Yes, after my uh, three years with the Marines, then uh, I was transferred to the Naval Academy in Annapolis. And I spent three years there, and that was also wonderful. I was, uh, it was such a great experience to work with the midshipmen. And, uh, and, and I would point out Air Force and Army cadets as well, because there was an exchange program going on. It was a great experience to work with them as well as the Naval Academy alumni. So you were there for three years. Three years, and then Uncle Sam was kind enough to send me back to Japan and back to sea. So I, I spent uh, two years on the USS Bonhomme Richard out of Sasebo, Japan, which is on the island of Kyushu. And that was so great in, in a number of ways. Again, Japan was so much fun, but this time I was in a part of Japan that had so much Catholic history to it because Kyushu is where Francis Xavier first landed and introduced the Catholic faith in the 1500s, and I was able to take sailors to follow in Francis Xavier's footsteps, and also was able to take busloads of sailors to Nagasaki, and we would visit the Shrine of the Christian Martyrs and the Atomic Bomb Museum, and teach them Christian history and, and, and the wonderful uh, story of the martyrs, as well as the very important history of the atomic bomb. And, and it, I feel it made, made a big impact on those sailors and Marines. How long was your second tour in Japan? It was uh, two and a half years. Then I went back to Camp Lejeune, uh, North Carolina, for basically four years with the Marine Corps there. And that was also a great experience. What is it about the military and ministering to folks in the, mini, in the military that is, uh, would you say, is different? I'm sure there are many things that are different. but. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is these folks move around a lot. They're very mobile. They're away from home, and and they're uh, they're disconnected from their normal civilian structures of support. And they're really looking for uh, something to grab onto. And plus, they're young. They're young adults, and at that age group, they're searching for the meaning of life, and they're hoping that 
they can find something that they can uh, that they can give themselves over to that's important. And I think really the faith answers that question, but they just don't know it. And I suppose that's a common denominator between the faith and military services. Both of them are something beyond oneself. Yes, yes. Um, and I suppose for the for, for the priesthood too, there there are some things that are in, uh, common in the military and the priesthood. You, you're serving a cause a cause greater than yourself. Uh, there's a certain amount of discipline involved. Right. There's a hierarchy. Hierarchy, right? So. Um, Okay, well then, so, uh, well, where did you wind? You're retired now. I retired out of Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, basically a year ago. So as um, Auxiliary Bishop to Archbishop Brolio, you will be the Episcopal Vicar for Europe and Asia. Yes, that's the plan. That's a lot of territory. It's a huge territory, and I want to emphasize that it's U.S. military bases primarily. You're going to be doing a lot of travel. A lot of travel, right. Are you up for it? I hope so. I, f- I feel good right now. <laughs> well, you'll probably visit some places you've not been to as a chaplain. Yes. Well, that's right. I'll visit a number of Army and Air Force places that I've never been to before. And, and, and some of the Navy places, it'll be a wonderful homecoming. And primarily, what is the role of the Episcopal Vicar for Europe and Asia? So I see my role as, as uh, being a shepherd. So I'll visit the military base chapel communities. And, uh, and offer mass for the service members and their families and confirm and uh, also shepherd the priests. And, of course, you'll be doing confirmations and, yes. and uh, uh, all the things that bishops do. Um, all right. Well, um, Bishop-elect William Mum, thank you so much for talking to me today. And uh, you are in our prayers. And Thank you, uh, Taylor. Um, I guess I just have one last question on the way out. Uh, back when you were uh, taking your catechism lessons in the fourth grade, did you ever in your wildest imagination dream that one day you would be Bishop Mum? No. I did imagine that I, I would be a priest, and I imagined that from an early age. But as far as being a bishop, no. It never really entered my mind until January 14th when Archbishop Christophe Pierre called me. Bishop-elect William Bill Mum, you go by Bill. Yes. And uh, uh, the uh, you, along with uh, Bishop-elect Joseph L. Coffey, uh, are the new auxiliary bishops for the Archdiocese for the Military Services. Thank you, Bishop-elect Mum, for talking to me today. Thank you, Taylor. God bless you. Thank you.